This is episode number 45 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hello and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 45, and this is going to be the first of a three-part series on how to do webinars more effectively. So we've got a lot of great content over the next three weeks, so you want to make sure if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that so that you get the uh, the additional sessions when they come out. The podcast is brought to you by FearlessPresentations.com, and if you missed our free webinar a few weeks ago, uh, have heart because we have another one coming up this Thursday at noon central time. So the webinar is an introduction to the Fearless Presentations class. All you have to do is visit www.fearlesspresentations.com for details. It'll be in the sidebar on, on pretty much every page. So in addition, we also have Fearless Presentations two-day public speaking classes coming up in 10 classes in uh, coming up in August and September. The class cities are Detroit, Columbus, Atlanta, New York, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Dallas, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and Orlando. So if you happen to live in, live in any of those cities or if you want to fly into any of those cities and, and attend one of the two-day Fearless Presentations classes, go to fearlesspresentations.com to register. Now, keep in mind that we only allow a maximum of about 10 people per class, so once the class fills up, we have to close the registration. So let's get on with the podcast. So today's hot topic are seven important things that you need to know about webinars. And one of the most common questions that we receive in our public speaking classes is the question, all right, do the things that you're teaching about teaching us in this you know in-person seminar, do those things change when you're on a webinar? And the answer to that question is it's both yes and no. Um, the way that we teach people to design the presentations in, in our public speaking classes is based on number one, focusing on the audience and what the audience wants and needs to know. And then number two, make your content really concise and entertaining. So in those two respects, you know, the two main things that we focus on in our in our public speaking classes, it's the same whether you're doing an in-person seminar or whether you're doing a webinar. Uh, however, there are seven really, really important things that you need to know about webinars before you attempt to do them or, or if you're already doing them, things that might help you get through those in, in a more effective way. And um, the, the, the more you know these, the, the better you know these, these little tips, the easier it's going to be for you to do webinars much more effectively. So if you understand these key things, by the way, you can create some really powerful webinars that will leverage your time and then also extend your reach so that you're, you're communicating with more people in a shorter period of time. 
So basically, the the podcast and the article is this. This is actually one of a three part series. So we're going to do this week and then two additional series in the next couple of weeks. Part two is going to be about how to customize your content for a, a webinar delivery, and then part three is going to be about the technical aspects. How do you actually put a webinar together technically? So in part three, I'll show you some of the software that I use and and um, why I use the software that I do. So let's jump into today's topic. Seven important things that you need to know about webinars. The number one thing that you need to know about webinars is that they are a fast, easy way to deliver bite-sized pieces of content to any audience. Um, One of the uh, co-authors of MindGym, a guy named uh, Dr. Sebastian uh, Bailey, he basically says that bite-sized training achieves quicker outcomes without blowing your budget, which is really key when you're trying to train people, you're trying to get uh, information across to people. When I first started doing coaching and when I first started teaching classes to business people, my first instructor trainer was a guy named Jim Bartz. He's out of Dallas in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I'm at. Jim used to harp on me over and over and over again, though, about the value of what he called time-spaced learning. So basically, what, what he had discovered was that if you want your course participants, if you're teaching a seminar, for instance, and you want the people who are attending that seminar to learn quicker and you want them to retain the information, you get a much better result if you, if you teach them a, a, a simple concept and, and make that delivery really fun and interactive but then give the class members some time to apply that content in the real world. You know, so his concept was to conduct short half-day sessions, typically three hours or so was, was about the max that he would spend in a classroom with, with, his, with his clients. And, and then um, once he conducted that half-day session, he would um, uh, he'd do those, week, those sessions on a weekly basis. So basically, he would teach them a concept, and then they'd go back to the real world and into their jobs and, their, and back in, the, in their work life to apply that content that he was teaching them in, in the real world. And then the neat thing about that was that when they came back the next week, he, there was built-in accountability. He would ask them, hey... How'd you do last week, or you know, how did how did it go implementing that stuff? And and the the interesting thing was is that when he was training me, I kind of noticed, and I noticed this in my own career as well, was that when the, the first week that folks would come back, a lot of times they didn't really apply a whole lot, but a few would. And so those people that would apply the concepts that we covered in the previous week would start giving us some reports about, hey, man, this stuff is really good. This stuff really works. And so as a result, more people would apply it the next week. And by the time we got to the third or fourth week, a lot of the people in the classes were, were really applying the content in a, in a really effective way. And so I used that same technique when I started the Leaders Institute. When I first start, when I started my first leadership class, I, I, what I did was I created a series, a, a series of six half-day sessions, and we spaced those sessions a week apart. And by the end of that six-week class, the participants who had, who had, who were, um, um, who who were class members in in the classes that I was teaching, they had experienced a, a very dramatic behavior change. In fact, they not only had they learned the concept, but they they had applied those concepts in in the real world. And that and a lot of them, they would get to that fifth or sixth week, and they would they would tell me how much of a life-changing experience that the the class had been for them. And I got that over and over and over and over again. So, and that was one of the reasons why the Leaders Institute really kind of we hit the ground running. So we were we were expanding very very quickly, especially in those first few years. And um, however, you know, as we started to grow, 
I, uh, I experienced some pretty significant logistical challenges. So when I was first teaching the classes just in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I'm, where I'm based, it was real easy to travel across town to go teach a class, whether that was a public class or whether I was doing a corporate program for, for one of my clients. It, it was real easy just get in the car and drive, and, and at the end of the day, you know, drive back home. Really, really easy. However, once I started expanding, especially when it was just me, this was before I had dozens of instructors, the, the first couple of places that I expanded to were in, down in Austin and, and Houston, which meant that a lot of times I was going to have to drive down the night before, stay overnight, get up early the next morning, and then have a long drive home to, to get back. And, and it, it got a little bit more challenging, but still doable. You know, it, was, it wasn't that bad. However, when I started getting clients in Chicago and, and Los Angeles and New York, it got to be a really big challenge. In fact, the first solution that I came up with was, since I knew this time-space format was really effective, I figured if I just scheduled additional classes, then it would make it worth my time to, to, my time to, to go to different locations. And so I did, I, um, the, the very first time that I attempted this, I had a class in Chicago on Tuesday morning. And then on Wednesday morning, I was in Madison, Wisconsin. And then on Thursday morning, I was in Indianapolis. And so I was teaching three hours. And then at the end of that, each one of those classes, I'd get in my rental car and I'd drive to the, to the next city. And still, I was still doing a lot of traveling, still doing a lot of uh, a lot of time in the car, but it was a whole lot more cost effective for me to teach my classes that way because it was basically one round trip flight each week. Whereas if I had tried to do those three classes separately, it would have been you know three <laughs> three um, uh, flights, and so it would it wouldn't have been cost effective. I would have had to increase my price pretty dramatically. So. Um, needless to say, after a year or so of doing this, after going from city to city to city and doing two or three, four, five classes a week, sometimes I was exhausted. And eventually, I, I began doing slightly longer sessions each each week, and then I just kind of condensed the class down from six sessions to four sessions. So basically, I was doing about an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes or so for each one of the sessions. And and so originally, when I was doing the six week sessions, I would just do two or six modules anyway. I, w- I would just do two sessions in the morning. And, well, I expanded it from three hours to three and a half hours, and I started doing three sessions. And so I, I did the same content. I just had to have fewer people in the class, and I could do the, the whole entire six-week class into in a in a four-week format. And that helped, but still, it was it was very t- tiring. And so, um, so the the uh, uh, eventually, what I had to do was start bringing on additional instructors, and that's one of the reasons why we we started growing. So because the Leaders Institute started hiring instructors all over the United States, Canada, Europe to, to teach these classes. Um, the neat thing about webinars is that technology finally fixed this challenge. I and mean, this was such a, 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 a dramatically difficult logistical challenge that technology has kind of has finally fixed this in the last couple of years with webinars. Basically, I or one of my other instructors can deliver the, this bite-sized content in a in a daily, a weekly, or a monthly fashion, really for little or no cost, and so it works really, really well in that way. So, so that is one of the the great assets of of webinars that that make them a, a kind of a go-to format for a lot of companies nowadays. Now, the second thing that that you need to know about webinars is webinars can actually expand your reach very quickly. Um, there's a, there was a, a German philosopher back in the back in the 80s and 90s that um, his name was uh, Ulrich Beck, and he said electronic communication makes possible what has previously previously been excluded, namely 
active, simultaneous, and reciprocal contact between individuals across frontiers constituted by countries, religions, continents. So basically what he's saying is that with the electronic communication now bridges basically every boundary. And and that is absolutely true with, with webinars. Uh, the major benefit of webinars is that anyone who has a smartphone or an internet connection, which is almost everybody in the world nowadays, can access a webinar. So as a result, you have an incredible reach with your with your content. Um, and in, in, in a couple of weeks, by the way, I'm going to cover some of the different software programs that I've used in the past, the packages that are out there that will allow you to broadcast a webinar. But there's just so many out there that we couldn't possibly cover all of them. But I'll cover a few of them in, in a couple of weeks that will give you a good start if you've never done a webinar before. And if you're already doing webinars and you're having trouble technically, I'll show you some that are easy and inexpensive and a lot of them are actually free. So if you're an entrepreneur, by the way, Webinars are fantastic because you can generate webinar attendees by posting an invitation to your website or your social media accounts. And by doing this, you can reach potential customers all over the world instantaneously. So, in fact, I've had people fly in to our United States classes and sometimes into our, our classes in Europe. From the People from all over the world are flying in as a result of attending a webinar. Um, the, the neat thing about uh, webinars is that you can give people information and really build that trust. A lot of times, folks aren't going to jump on a plane and fly to a new country and fly to a different country to attend a class. But if they spend some time with us on a webinar and we are able to answer some questions, that lowers that risk. And so as a result, we can reach a much, much larger audience by by doing webinars. And we do we we'll, we typically do you know, 10, 15 webinars or, or so a year, and it really helps. Uh, I, I suspect that just because of technology that we at the Leaders Institute are, are going to start doing these even more and more often just because it's it's just so easy uh, nowadays. It's it, the, the technical challenges that have been there in the past are, are not there anymore. If you're creating webinars for an internal audience, you can communicate with employees in multiple cities, states, countries, all at the same time. In fact, we do this internally at the Leaders Institute. I've got dozens of instructors all over the United States, Canada, and Europe. So a lot of times when we meet, um, a lot of times we'll do that every other week via webinar. And in those webinars, we'll, we'll kind of share success stories. We'll cover training topics if we need to. We'll exchange ideas that 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 all that stuff would be very difficult to do logistically without the webinar webinar without the webinar software uh, easy for me to say so yeah uh, the third thing by the way that you need to know about webinars is that they're not suitable for every type of presentation a lot of times what will happen is folks will see that webinars have such great advantages that they fail to see the disadvantages of a webinar so yes there are lots of advantages to webinars but some of those disadvantages are very extreme and important so the main disadvantage that webinars have is that they're not the best medium for certain types of programs. For instance, although we conduct webinars on specific topics about fearless speak about public speaking training, you know, through fearless presentations, there's a reason why we don't do a fearless presentations webinar. You know, public speaking fear is a challenge that can really only be overcome by experiencing a series of successes as a public speaker. So so if we delivered a series of presentation skill webinars to help people eliminate public speaking fear, 
then we're probably not going to get the best reviews at the at the end of the, the third or fourth session. People are say, yeah, it's great content, but you know, I'm hard to apply in the real world. So although webinars are an, a, a very efficient mechanism to deliver content to many, many people, the information that is delivered is often one-sided. So basically, it's a person leading the webinar that's giving information. So it's really difficult to, to get that feedback from the, the participants. So, so I know what some of you are thinking right now. Wait a minute, Doug. You do a weekly podcast. In fact, a lot of us are listening to it right now. So what's the difference between a, pod, a weekly podcast and a webinar? Well, if you're thinking that, you, you probably already noticed that on my podcast, I, I'm often actively promoting our in-person presentation skills classes, and I do that in pretty much every episode. Yes, webinars and podcasts are great ways to access information efficiently. However, if you want to speed up the process of implementing that content, then in-person coaching sessions work much, much, much better. So although webinars are a fantastic way to get information, in fact, we do a lot of our leadership training stuff now through webinar because it's information that we want to get to people so that they can apply, they can apply that content. But because the coaching aspect is not there, a lot of times we it's not a really effective medium for like public speaking training. Um, the 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 if you're if you're um, accessing the the podcast notes, one of the pictures that we kind of created was a, a webinar on how to juggle. Well, I'm sure you can probably learn to juggle through webinars through a webinar, but. It's probably not going to be that easy. It's a whole lot easier to get somebody who is a juggler to show you how to juggle. It's a whole lot easier to learn how to drive a car by getting somebody who is a driving instructor to coach you. So in some of the some of the things that you can learn content effectively, but it's not necessarily going to gain confidence in, in webinars. So webinars have their place and in, in where they're effective. They can be very, very effective, but they do have their limitations as well. Um, one of the things that you want to, to uh, keep in mind about webinars, and this is the fourth thing that we're covering, is that webinars need to be very short in duration. If you keep your web webinars to around 30 to 60 minutes in length, and, and if you let your audience know that duration ahead of time, as long as you have an interesting topic, you, you'll likely keep most everyone engaged throughout the entire webinar. You know, um, for every additional five minutes that you go over, though, so if you're into, if you tell them that it's going to be a 45 minute webinar and you go 50 minutes, or if you tell them it's going to be an hour and you go an hour and five minutes, for every additional five minutes that you add, you're either going to need to be much more compelling and much more entertaining during that, that next five minutes, or you're going to see a really dramatic drop off in attendees. You're going to get people dropping off of your webinar pretty pretty quickly. Um, in fact, there's a company called Workcast that conducted a statistical analysis of the optimal time for the length of a webinar, and the result was pretty interesting. For webinars that were under 60 minutes in length, a majority of the people who attended the webinar the ones that attended it live anyway, they stayed on the entire 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. However, most of the people who accessed the webinar as a recording dropped off after about 20 minutes. So now while while the study study didn't really address why the people viewing the recording dropped off, I, I can make a pretty educated guess. You know, people are busy. So if they're watching a recording and they see that if they've been listening for 20 minutes and they see that there's 40 minutes left, then basically they're going to begin to assess whether or not that first 20 minutes was worth their time. If the answer is no, they're going to drop off. You know, also if they're if they're attending live, 
the then they realize that they'll, they'll likely have a chance to ask questions at the end of that webinar. So um, that's a nice little target for them. So without the additional that additional nugget of being able to ask questions if they're confused at the end of the webinar, they're often going to leave the webinar before the recording is finished. However, if you're concise in your delivery and you keep your webinar linked to about 30 minutes or so, it's not going to happen nearly as much. You know, human nature is that once they get to that critical 20-minute point, they're going to look at the toolbar and see, oh, there's only 10 minutes left. I'll stick it out. All right. So as a result, they're, they're going to be much more likely to finish the entire session. So by the way, um, for in-person sessions, the, the, uh, the, the optimal time is about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes or so. That's the optimal time for an in-person presentation. So on a webinar, that optimal time is, it can be much, much, much shorter. So the fifth thing that we're going to cover about webinars is that they are much, much harder to deliver than in-person presentations. Now, this seems like it would be kind of obvious, but if you're if you're nervous speaking to a group of people, then you may not want to cut your teeth on webinars because there's a much higher complexity there. Webinars are dramatically more difficult to deliver than regular live presentations. Um, you're you're likely to experience to experience more nervousness conducting a webinar than you would be just standing up and, and speaking at a staff meeting at your at, at your office for instance you know first of all you got more a lot more plates to, to spin and, and balls to juggle that kind of thing in a regular presentation you might have to set up a slideshow a PowerPoint slideshow or something like that but once that's done you don't really have to worry a lot about the technology involved in your presentation but in a webinar though You've got the webinar webinar software to, to worry about. You you also have to remember to turn off that auto mute button <laughs> on the webinar platform that they, they they install automatically now on a lot of those. I, I once did a, a twenty five I did twenty five minutes of an hour long webinar once before I realized that the mute button was on and and when I looked down and the way that I kind of realized it was I, I noticed that there was like a hundred people texting me saying I can't hear you can you is this still going on right so um so the, the those things are kind of automatic. And, and if you if you don't do webinars not a lot, you might miss some of those kind of technical things. So just what's one more thing is that you, one more thing that you have to really worry about. Um, you're also going to have people chatting questions to you while you're speaking or while you're actually presenting. Now this isn't as as challenging on like webinars as it is on like Facebook Live. You know, a lot of times if you're doing a Facebook Live webinar it can be a little challenging because you want that to be really interactive and a lot of times folks are kind of texting you and, and if you're if you're in the middle of speaking and then somebody just kind of interrupts you while, while they're you know typing a a, a a chat message to you it can throw your your um, throw you off your game a little bit so so keep that in mind those are all kind of challenges that are unique to webinars that you won't have as often anyway or as, as dramatically in the in-person seminar. So uh, I, I always encourage people to get really, 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 really good doing in-person seminars before you start to experiment on webinars. It, it's just is a really good, uh, a really good track to go down. Um, do, you know, do tons and tons and tons of in-person seminars before you actually start to experiment on the webinars and you typically will do a whole lot better. All of these things, by the way, are they're stressful challenges that are that are like I said are unique to that webinar delivery. But I can tell you that the absolute worst part of conducting a webinar, though, is the number six thing: is that you don't get that immediate feedback when you're communicating with your audience. When you communicate with an audience effectively, and when you're in person, when they're right there in front of you. 
then um, you get that immediate feedback that you've connected. And, and in fact, one of the things that we, we um, that our instructors in, in the two-day fearless presentations class really reinforce a lot is that one of the best ways to reduce public speaking fear is to what we call look for the friendly face in the audience. So as you're speaking, you're looking around the room and when you say something that the people in the audience understand and agree with, you're gonna see them kind of nodding their head. That's an important part of the communication process. That's that feedback that lets you know, okay, I've, I've communicated effectively there, they understand me and they're agreeing with me. If you're on a webinar, you don't get that. You're basically staring at a screen. You're not seeing the, the people interact with the things that you're saying. And so it can throw you off a, a little bit. It, it, it's one of those things that can be much more challenging when you're delivering the webinar. So, um, so, and by the way, I'm gonna next week when we come back, I'm gonna cover a, a few really full tooth, foolproof tips that will help you reduce some of that the common tension that surrounds the webinars. And and so, you know, make sure and come back next week because that's gonna be one of those things that I think you're gonna get some great benefit out of. Uh, number seven, the last thing that you want to keep in mind about webinars that are a little bit different than other types of seminars is that once you get really good at webinars you're going to be viewed as an expert in your field. Although webinars are a much tougher way, a tougher thing to kind of get the hang of, and in, in addition, they, they will make you more nervous than, than a regular uh, presentation, they create a tremendous opportunity in the business world. When I'm teaching the Fearless Presentations class, I often, I often tell uh, my class members that um, if if they want to be seen as being a good speaker, they don't have to be exceptional. They don't have to be a motivational speaker type because the bar is set pretty low. I mean, you you don't have to be an exceptional speaker to be seen as as being good or even great by your audience. All you have to do is just be a little bit better than that last boring guy that got up to speak. That, Like I said, the bar is set so low that... A lot of times, if you're just a little bit better than average, then people are going to say, oh, God, that person was really, really good at speaking. Um, so they're, so basically, because most people are often you know, extremely uncomfortable in front of a group, um, the, um, when somebody goes through our, our public speaking class, they, they go out kind of loaded for bear because they know that when they finish that two-day class, they're going to be much more highly trained than most of the people who are out doing speaking in the in the business world. Well, in the webinar genre, the contrast is is even more great. It's even more dramatic. Um, I spoke earlier about the study where where many webinar viewers uh, they kind of drop off the recordings after about twenty minutes. It's quite possible that another reason why these people are dropping off the webinar after about 20 minutes is because the webinar stinks. It's because the delivery is just not that interesting. It's so um, if 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 you happen to be an interesting webinar leader, then you're going to have an opportunity to really build a follower, a following of viewers who kind of see you as the go-to expert in your field by using this technique. And we're going to really cover that on the next couple of sessions. We're going to help you become that go-to presenter when you're doing webinars on the next session and then we're going to show you how to do more of the technical aspects two weeks from from today so so hopefully you've enjoyed the the podcast today and if you have any questions make sure and send them to me um, you can send me emails at podcast at fearlesspresentations.com and if you have topics that you want us to cover then uh, we can actually cover those in on future podcasts if you if you send them to us via email so enjoy the fearless presentations podcast and thank you a lot for being a part of it 
subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.